what is up everyone and welcome to another episode of subjectively speaking my name is jeremy paul and i'm laura norman and this is episode 30 game 34 the columbus blue jackets versus the carolina hurricanes for the fourth straight game in a row and uh it was just it was i mean we lost we lost in overtime so we got a point but there's just a lot of ridiculousness in this you know 63 minutes of hockey this evening and you can and you can very much tell that this is the 30th episode because I very much have transitioned from making sure that like my quote unquote at home studio with the mic stand with the laptop set up like with everything is just like pristine. I've gone from there episode one to I am just all a splay in my bed. I'll let you decide whether or not I'm wearing actual pants or not. Probably not just sitting here basking in the blue jackets overtime loss um which is one that like i don't know it's one that you feel okay about because you know the first like the first period of that game was just kind of blah and then you know you get into the second period the jackets score zach Wierenski, like does it all himself scores and makes it one nothing and then literally like 46 seconds later Carolina is like actually and and there's obviously like it's one one Carolina takes a two one lead and like it just felt like there was no way they were clawing back from that and then Cam just throws the puck in front of the net it was one of the few times that he threw the puck and it didn't end up on somebody else's stick that didn't wear a blue jackets jersey so that was a win and it goes off of Dougie Hamilton and into the back of the net like that was part of the only like that was kind of the only way that they could beat Najokovic tonight like Najokovic that guy from Parma um and <laughs> so um you know makes it 2-2 and with about four and a half minutes left in the third period of playoff of the faceoff Carolina uh takes a three to two lead and it's just like oh man there's no way um and that was like two and a half minutes left and I looked at you I said this is an interesting strategy <laughs> um towards pool pool puts six guys out there for like the entirety of the two and a half minutes like and like there was an icing call at one point where torts could have you know taken his guys off and thrown on fresh legs but he didn't you know there were just a couple times where i was surprised that he didn't get some more at like you know like i said fresh legs out there and he doesn't do that but all in all it doesn't matter because who else but Oliver Bjorkstrand, you live alone. What What is walking around in your house that caught your attention? <laughs> I don't know. There was like some weird. You can't die on the podcast. It's fine. I'm probably going to get murdered. Do you need to handle something, friend? <laughs> No, I'm fine. Everything's fine. You need to get that uh, Ray Drummond, Ray Drummond shit and just start beating people's ass with a frying pan. No, we're good. Everything's fine. I don't know what it was, but it's fine. Child, anyways, the Blue Jackets, they (laughs) tie up the game. Oliver Bjorkstrand, who else? Uh, Makes it 3-3 with about 19 seconds left in the game. And yeah, 
goes into overtime and not really many chances for the Jackets in overtime. There was one chance. Um, was that in overtime? The the pass to Cam that like Cam just like sent the puck wide. I thought it was. I thought it was like a two on one, and I thought Jack pushed it over to Cam. It didn't work out. Yeah. Later in that same shift, then um, a pass from Roslovic gets like deflected and sends Carolina on an odd man rush back. And Zach Wierenski does everything he can to try to stop the play. Jonas Corposalo, for what it's worth, probably should have held on to the puck or like found a way to control a rebound, but he doesn't. And Sebastian Ajo is able to, to get a pass in the slot and a wide open net, and, and that's the game. So, yep, the Jackets lose 4-3, to three, but it's one, like I said, like up until 19 seconds left in the game, like you didn't even think the Jackets were going to get that. The Jackets get five out of eight points out of this four-game stretch with Carolina. I would go so far as to say that that might be the most points they've gotten in a four-game stretch. Probably not, but, like, it feels that way. <laughs> and, um, and, and it's just, like, that's the kind of game tonight that's, like, going to be, like, so infuriating to Yarmo Kekalainen and he's, he's trying to figure out what to do with this team because it's, like, uh, either do or don't. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't doing a great job of telling him which yet. Obviously, that's going to come over the course of the next few weeks, but it was an interesting one. It was a fun one to watch. The one thing I did not mention is the way in which I thought that we were losing Zach Wierenski and Nick Felino within minutes of each other toward the end of the second period. Uh, Zach slides awkwardly into the boards, and he, you know, is an obvious distress, but, like, makes his way off the ice, and then Nick gets blatantly elbowed to his whole ass head um gets knocked out <laughs> and um toward the end of the first, a second like about a minute left and obviously well not even with a minute left there's like a lot less time than that um you know penalties called what should have been a major penalty but we don't need to get into the weeds and yeah he comes back out zach comes <laughs> back out we're just vibing everybody came back out Sorry, I was just waiting to see if you were going to keep talking. <laughs> oh, I know Miss Rambles isn't coming out of here telling me that I'm going on a tirade. Okay, I know our Finnish listeners listen to you talk for eight minutes and 13 seconds about St. Patrick Line, so we can have that conversation here, Miss Lorla. <laughs> we can talk about it. No, I was just, I was just waiting. My turn. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just like, is he going to leave any of the game information for me to talk about? Very rarely. I feel like when we go to games, I feel like I usually do cover the game and then you bring in the emotion. It's usually when I don't watch the games fully that I need to lean on you for the, for the game. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wild. No, it was just funny. It was just funny. Yeah, no, I mean, you did a great, you did a great summary of, of the game. I guess I'll, I'll just touch on some, some other key points. Um, Eric Robinson couldn't purchase a goal if he had an endless supply of money this evening. Um, you know, he, he leads this team in breakaway opportunities, um, but he also is reminiscent of a character from the Mighty Ducks that, cannot seem to physically stop once he gets going. So um, 
that was, I mean, he had some really, really good opportunities tonight, but just could not finish and could not send it home for a number of reasons. Um, I was very happy to see Max Domi have a couple really, really good opportunities tonight. Again, some issues with finishing, but that was a level of confidence that I haven't seen in Max in a long time, if at any point this season. Um, he really started taking some chances and had a breakaway at one point and looked really good and, um, you know, was being a little bit more assertive on his own and not relying on his teammates to come and rescue him when he had the puck. So that was really, um, exciting to see. I know that he got a goal and I get it, but I do not know what was wrong with my guy this evening, Mr. Cam Atkinson, was just, for most of this game, a hot mess. He just had a really hard time with a lot of things and you know, ultimately caused in the first period, ultimately caused us to go on penalty kill um, because he lost control of the puck, um, which then caused Nick to trip a Carolina player. Uh, it just, yeah, he had a couple pretty bad turnovers, um, a couple pretty big missed opportunities, and then he got a goal. Um, it was just, it was an all around sort of insane situation for him this evening. So I don't really know what is happening. Hopefully he pulls himself together before Saturday, but he just looked like a jumbled, big old jumbled mess. So, you know, it happens, but, and you know, God bless Seth Jones for just being Seth Jonesy and helping and, you know, really getting Fogel to not get an empty net goal uh, towards the end of the third period. So we'll take that as a positive. But yeah, and also it was just really interesting to see at the, I don't remember if this happened at the start of the third, but at the start of the first period, and of the second period, who we decided needed to be the first line out there, which was our fourth line, because we yeah. have confidence. Yeah. See, listen, I I left you so many good tidbits, Miss Girl. You hurt. You killed it. Um. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like starting the game, we just looked at each other when you know Greg Murray is doing the starting lineup, and it you know it's you know, starting the forward, number 23, Stefan Mateau. And it's like, who? <laughs> why? <laughs> like, why? And Ryan McInnes and then Eric Doesn't Robinson. even have a picture. It's just a blank. Yeah, two of the three didn't. Yeah, Eric Robertson is the only one that had a photo. And it's just No, like, Stefan Mateau had a has Does a he have one? Mm -hmm. Why? But like, It's anyway. from last year. 
Oh, that makes sense. But why was he playing last? I okay. I know we were broken last year. That's the answer to that <laughs> question. But I still don't understand why Stefan Matteo and Ryan McGinnis are getting time on this team, and Alexander Texier is not. But I digress. Um, yeah, I just think, and they didn't play poorly. Like your point about Eric Robinson cannot be understated, though. I mean, like, and and Torrelli even talked about it in his post game where it's like he needs to finish. <laughs> he needs to score like you can create so many opportunities but if the opportunities you create don't turn out in goals either for yourself or for a teammate like okay like cool that was fun like but like can you be more than fast i saw a tweet that was like eric robinson fast that's about it (laughs) yeah that was a aaron ford's line tweet was robinson is fast and that's that's about that's about it that's about where it stops yeah i don't know and and that's not like necessarily a bad thing like if he's playing with other people who can like set him up or like he can set up but yeah that was tough well and there were definitely i mean i i do agree that they did play they played better this evening it's just carolina is a you know we said it in earlier episodes Carolina is a contender. Carolina is a good team. And for us to come out of this four game series with five of eight points is good. Like it's definitely better than I thought we were going to do. Um, Our poll was right. Um, Our folks selected that we would split the series. So congratulations listeners. You can see the future. Um, But you know, it, it's just one of those things. Like, and like you said, we're, we're not doing a great job of um, showing the front office what needs to happen over the course of the rest of the season, because we keep sort of stumbling and then picking ourselves back up in one way or another, not necessarily in defending each other's honor, Because I'm still miffed over the fact that, as you stated earlier, Nick Foligno took a whole-ass elbow to the head, did not get up off the ice for a very long and scary time, and not a single one of his teammates beat the shit out of anyone. Um, That's your captain. I've seen your captain go after plenty of other fellas. For your sorry asses, the least you could do when they end up calling a minor penalty for what should have been a major penalty is punch some people in the face. Without a doubt. And I think that's the thing that we've talked about on this podcast a few times this year is like, don't get me wrong. I'm not really one for like just going out on the ice and like gooning it up for the sake of it, right? Like, but at the same time, like... Yeah, we're not Tom Wilson people. Right. Yeah. Oh, God, no. But it's like... And I probably shouldn't have said that. But it's just one of those things where it's like, I I just wish that they would, like, stand up for each other sometimes. Like, like I think about, like, Jack Rosovic takes that nasty hit, like, two or three games into both Jack and Patrick Line being here. And Patrick Line gets into a fight, like, for, for his, like you know, teammate in Winnipeg and now his teammate in Columbus. And, and that to me, like, I think about that and I'm like, that just doesn't happen anymore with this team the way that it used to. Like, I mean, like 
Brandon Dubinsky never used to let that shit happen. Like Nick Felino never used to let that happen. Like, and I get that Nick is the one that got his brain smashed in here. So like, that's not really a great example, but I was surprised that Nick didn't come out and play with like some more ferocity. And I'm, I was surprised that he didn't try to like level the playing field a little bit. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see that from this team the way, like, it's not the blue jackets that I grew up with where like, even if they sucked, like if somebody did something to fuck with one of them, it was like, all right, game over. Like, like you're going to have to answer for that. And I know that's not where the NHL is nowadays, but it just, I miss that because I think that that's important, like in this sport specifically. Yeah, I think it, I mean, in one of the very few sports where um, punching your opponent is allowed to a certain extent, um, one would hope that, you know, more teams uh, would have that at least a little bit um and I know like there's just a lot of weird weird things that come involved with with doing that kind of stuff especially right now like I don't know if they've been sort of told like try not to fight because again that's even more like physical contact that they're having with people um but yeah it's just you know and especially in that moment when your captain is down on the ice and he's not moving like really like he is definitely like hurt um and Boone kind of like Boone wasn't down there where it happened he was up towards center ice and he kind of got in a little bit of a scuffle with the Carolina player that was with him but like that wasn't the same thing like there were plenty of people down with Nick that could have started you know whatever um but yeah it was just kind of just kind of a bummer to not see them come back at that and and whatnot because that was a very blatant hit it was a very blatant bad call to not make it a major penalty um but yeah so it was just it was a bummer and I, but I'm glad, I was so glad to see Nick come back out on the ice. A um, little bit worried that he like slyly mentioned over in his post game press conference that he's been dealing with something. And so that made me nervous. Oh God, is that why he shaved his head? I hope not. He said he just didn't want to worry about his haircut anymore. I know, but like he got hit in the head. And if he's been dealing with something, hopefully that is, I don't know. I'm reading way too much into it. Anyway, um, I think too, like the other bummer about tonight, and again, it is and it isn't. It depends on where you fall on the spectrum of Blue Jackets fan right now. Not a lot of help around the scoreboard <laughs> for us tonight um you know tampa bay loses to dallas so dallas you know wins a game that you know as a blue jackets fan you're hoping they they lose uh chicago shuts florida out dallas or not dallas excuse me nashville just hurts detroit so it's like the three teams that you're like oh please don't do too great all win um (laughs) and and two of the three are games that like you're not exactly expecting expecting them to win i mean like you know florida is an objectively speaking better team than than 
you know, Chicago. So that was a little bit of a bummer, but it's not going to be an easy road. I don't know. Like, that's where I just like wish that we knew a little bit more about like where we are and that the picture was a little clearer. So that way we can make sure we could do what's best for this franchise moving forward as opposed to what could just feel good here and now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you were telling me about the, the conversation that Allison Lucan and Aaron Portline had on Front and Nationwide uh, this week where, you know, and I I really resonated with what you said, Aaron Portline said, which is how do you look this team in the face and tell them they're not going to go to the playoffs or you don't believe that they're going to go to the playoffs. Um, and like... I really felt I really felt that in a lot of moments this evening when they really did start fighting, like not physically as we just stated, but you know, really pushed. And especially in that in that moment where we in the last 20 seconds, Oliver squares that goal to push us into overtime. Like, and I know that this these are moments and feelings that every sports fan gets at every point in time, you know, through a season with their team. But, you know, for the Blue Jackets, where it is kind of our background to be the underdog, to be the ones that have to fight, like, it's it's harder, I think, to be in that position where you're like, we're pretty much on the precipice of where we have to start figuring out if this season is a wash quote unquote or we are really contenders because we don't the next couple of weeks we don't really have a good gauge because we play Detroit Saturday and Sunday this weekend and then we go against arguably the two two best teams in our division right now away like we're not we don't even have like home ice advantage um, it's going to be, unless we like pull some stuff together, it's potentially going to be very painful to play Tampa and Florida back to back for us. Back to back to back even, because then we come home and we play Tampa again. So it's going to be, yeah, th- these next eight games are huge, right? Like it's going to tell you a lot, like maybe this weekend, is not going to tell you a lot, which there's something about the Blue Jackets playing a game that doesn't start at 7 o'clock that never goes well for us. So the fact that both of these games this weekend are at 3 p.m. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, and against Detroit where it's like you very much should absolutely win. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah, it'll be... I hope we do. I mean, I think, I think if we don't, I think that says... That says something even more so than us losing to Florida and Tampa. Like if we can't, if we can't beat Detroit well, like, and I'm not talking like throwing it to overtime, we're neck and neck the whole way. Like we got to win by at least two goals and in regulation or we're just fucked. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like, like similarly in the same way that, like, we talk about, like, playing Carolina and it's like, it doesn't matter if you give Carolina an overtime point because they're not going to be a factor for you. Like, if you're talking about simply just making the playoffs, then 
just win, like just win games, and it's like because the because yeah, the moral victories think... don't matter really. No. But so I get what you're Twitter. saying. Like you would like some confidence, like going into those games against Tampa Bay and Florida. But at the same time, like I feel like this team, and like I feel like I felt this way about this organization for the last few years. It's not just this year with this weird season and this weird team. It's like this team for some reason always gets up for teams that it just definitely should lose to. Like I just feel like this team like has such a better job of getting ready for those moments than they do for the teams that you think that they should go in and beat, right? Like, I mean, like, I think you saw that, like, at the beginning of this year with those series against Detroit, whereas, like, you lose, like, you win the first one, then you lose the next one, and then, you know, the, you're just, like, not able to, to put them out entirely, like, in any of these games that they're playing this year, so we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and three o'clock games are weird. I know, I'm, like, really not looking forward to it. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, I think it's hard to take things out of this game and be like, okay, cool. This is good. I mean, like, cause I still don't know where I'm at, like on, like, I don't know if I want it to be good. <laughs> I don't know when, like, right. Like, I mean, like, I don't know, I don't know that I want this team to be the kind of team that's like we're just gonna like we're gonna be able to add some pieces here at the deadline and we're gonna be good and we're gonna make the playoffs because like I still don't think we're going to like I still like think like you look at Chicago you look at Dallas and Nashville and I mean and Nashville's found a little bit of a rhythm they've won three in a row like what's that like we don't know her we literally don't know her (laughs) (laughs) we have to get to know her we've got to make that connection on linkedin or else we are not going to get this job bitch we need to network can you tell that jeremy's deep into job searching i don't even want to fucking talk about it but anyway um (laughs) yeah i mean it's just sincerely like and then it makes you wonder right like how do you get how do you like not be able to form anything consistent and then like make it to the playoffs and then like have to be consistent. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel so much, and this is one of my weirder analogies, like again, but I feel so much like this team is like a toddler that is off its regular schedule. And so like until it gets on its regular routine, it's just gonna be all over the place. Like, you know, it needs it's like deprived of consistency and it's deprived of structure and so until they get that they really can't like function as they should which is very similar if you've never been around a toddler or a baby they need that in order to like not be horrible demons so you know, I don't know what the solution to that is. I, you know, this these are the most consistent lines that we've had all season long. Um, but you should never be going, definitely think you should start your fourth line two periods in a row. Um, well, and I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but like, the the weird thing about hockey and like the NHL is like as the home team, like you get to send your line out second, like you get to like, that's part of that, like quote unquote home ice advantage. 
like is you get to kind of play a little bit of the matchup game and when carolina is i mean it's not their starting line like by any means but like but i don't think it is anyway but like when you've got svechnikov foss and i i forget who played in the middle of them it, it, it's kind of a moot point. But, like, when you've got them out there, when you've got, like, Dougie Hamilton starting the game, like, you've got – like, that's just a weird group to send out against that group for Carolina, even. Like, if both teams were starting some of their grinders and they were starting some of their, like, fourth liners, okay, sure, like, let's do it. But, like, a little strange to me. Yeah, agreed. It was just – Oh, 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 oh. Ah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say Ryan McGinnis and Stefan Mateau are on this team while Alexander Texier sits on the taxi squad. And he's not even been moved on and off of it. Mikhail Gregorenko is who they've been moving on and off of it. Yeah, which is weird to me when you consider that I mean, I don't think Gregory Ringo has to clear waivers again. Well, I guess he would if he got moved back to the taxi squad. I don't know. It's weird because, like, Texier, because he's still in his entry-level contract, doesn't have to clear waivers. Mm. So it's like, why would that not be who you are moving back and forth if you're going to do that to anybody? I don't know. I just think that whole thing is stupid. I mean, like, he started, like, I don't know. I'm okay with Liam Foodie like playing in Cleveland because like you don't think about it very often, but this is Liam Foodie's first full time and like full time pro season, like outside of yeah. his his playing in London with the London Knights and the OHL. Like this is his first full time pro season, so it's like it's fine. And when... it's it's good for him to play in Cleveland. He can get a lot of solid minutes in Cleveland, and he can get. You know, I think people forget how young Liam Foodie is. Like, he's a baby. And he, you know, they need that kind of stuff. Like, yes, it's very exciting to, like, be able to bring any sort of draft pick within the first couple of years of being of them being drafted onto the team. That's, you know, it's it is what it is. But, like, he needs the time. It's not... No one's punishing him. He needs the playing time and he can get it in Cleveland. And it, you know, and so when we do need him, he can come back and feel confident. It's better to have him doing that than sitting on the taxi squad, not playing real games, just practicing with the team. Like that's not, that's not helpful. And I think that that's what bothers me sometimes about people who are like, you know, it's a little bit different with text, but you know, with, with Liam, it's, you know, oh, blah, blah. Like this doesn't make any sense. Blah, blah, blah. This is why we have the farm teams is so you can grow your prospects. You can send your underdeveloped players there to get real ice time instead of sitting on the bench. And in this circumstance, when we have this weird situation with the taxi squad, you can give some of your players opportunities to be playing real games. Like some more experienced players don't necessarily need to do that and they can 
hang out on the taxi squad and get called up if need be. But it is a little bit weird about Tex. But I also know that Torts hasn't been happy with Tex most of the season. Get, join the list. Get in line. <laughs> like, get in the line of people that Torts hasn't been happy with this season. As, if your name is not Nick Felino or Cam Atkinson or Boone Jenner, like, you're well, he not. Was, I mean, I don't think he was 100% happy with Cam. No, but Cam gets a lot of grace. Cam gets a lot of grace. And so does Nick. Let's be real. Like, they both do. Like, because... Boone's really been pretty solid, though. So, I don't... I don't. He's been a little quiet, though, in the last few games, I feel like. I mean, like, at least, like, on the score sheet. I mean, he does stuff off the puck. That's good. But, yeah, apparently... Well, Liam Foodie, like, didn't play in Cleveland for a month. Liam Foodie played in only his third game. Wasn't he hurt? Didn't he get injured? I don't know if he got hurt or if he, like, probably. I mean, I'm assuming if he literally only played. Tonight was, was his third game. I was under the assumption he's been injured. Yeah. And he had two assists tonight against Texas. So. Yeah. I'm fairly certain I read that he had a lower body injury. Fascinating. Nevertheless. He actually does some stuff tonight. So hopefully, like, yeah, like you said, like, hopefully he gets the chance to, like, start playing a little bit down there and, like, developing a bit because it's obviously not going to help him to be in Columbus riding the pine. Like, the same that's not going to help, um, you know? Yeah. Alexander Texier to not be doing that. I think my biggest issue with this whole thing is, like, we're, we keep saying, like, we're mad at, and this is something that... um that like Aaron Porcelain and Allison looking at what we're talking about on Front Nationwide this week too is like we get mad at Torts for like what Torts does and says and stuff like that but like also like we rely a lot on like and we take a lot of what Yarmo Kekalainen says like for fact and him saying like what he said about like Emil Bemstrom like being this superstar who is, whose game was going to translate in America and he was going to be a scorer for the Jackets and that's why, like, he was so, like, excited. And there was so much buzz about him being able to come over after his Swedish season finished a couple of years ago to start making an impact on the team. And then that he was going to develop into this, like, real lethal weapon on the power play and this, that, and the other. And he just, like, literally hasn't developed. So, like, it's like, okay, like, where was that evaluation, like, off? Because obviously it has been. Similarly, like, with Texier, like, I, I personally think it is a bit of a coaching issue and a bit of a confidence issue with Texier right now. But it's, like, similarly, like, with with Tex, like, I mean, like, he gets brought up into that first playoff run against Tampa Bay, um, or I guess his first playoff run against Tampa Bay. And, like, that's when he's introduced to the NHL. And, and you know, he was rushed into the league. And it's, like, you know, could that have possibly, like, stunt his, like, stunted his growth? Stunted. plateaued his crew right and it's just like i like i wonder like to what extent like this has been really poor asset management because it like over the course and this is another thing that portsline said is it's like over the course of the last few years like the conversation has been well don't worry about the fact that our prospect pool is a little bit thin because we've got guys like texier like bemstrom who are already here in north america we've got guys here who are on this roster who are, who are really solid prospects for us. I mean, like we have prospects that are on this team and actively contributing and that's just not true. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not the case. And I mean, you look at 
some of the prospects that we have in Russia. I mean, because that's let's be honest, for some reason we are becoming the Columbus like comrades. Like I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Like I don't know why we're because <laughs> you have Igor Chinnikov, you have Kirill Marashenko, you have um Daniil Tarasov, you have Dmitry Voronkov, like who are all like players <laughs> here, like supposed to be the next like young wave of the blue jackets who are all playing in Russia right now, like either in the KHL or what have you. So yeah. I it just bums me out that these younger guys are not it bums me out that the younger guys that are getting time are Stefan Mattel and Ryan McGinnis. Did you have them on your bingo board? <laughs> I would say most people did not. I don't even think the Blue Jackets had Ryan McGinnis on their board since he doesn't have a promo photo. But Can you blame him? You know, I mean, they haven't been terrible the last three games, but it is just interesting to see like you said, the, you know, what is supposed to be the, what is supposed to be what we're building this team around isn't playing. I mean, like, it is nice that they haven't been terrible, but like Stefan Mateau played eight minutes and 40 seconds tonight. Like, if you were super terrible in eight minutes and 40 seconds, like bigger issue, right? Like. True. And I mean, Seth Jones played 59 minutes. And Stefan Mateau, like, let me stop myself, isn't young. He's 27. Again, I have to remind myself that you're talking about hockey age and not real life age. I am talking about rookies. Like, I mean, like, when you, like, if we want to talk about, like, developing people. No, I know. But I also think, I don't know. There's, yeah, I don't. I don't have a clue what's in anyone's head, really. I just know that for some, you know, Tort seemed pretty happy, even with a loss. Nick seemed that could be the potential concussion that he has, though. So, Stefan Mateau played his first NHL game on January 19th, 2013. Yeah, he played for other teams before he came to us. I know, but I just like, I don't know why we're. Uh... He played in Chicago, I think. He's played in a few places, I think. He was drafted also, by New Jersey, and that's, like, where he started. He's also a legacy, too. Didn't his dad play? Meh. Yeah, he did, but listen. I just – you know where I'm at on this team in this season. I'm just like, why can't we just develop people? Like, why can't we just, like, actually, like, take the time to, like, develop people and coach people and, like, all that kind of stuff, and instead we bring in, like – a 27 year old who like cannot be a part of the blue jackets future like cannot be a part of the future plans like if we're like you know who's the solution like stefan mateau like oh really dislike stefan mateau no it's not that but it's like oh sorry it's just like like that can't be it like no it can't it cannot it cannot be but you know at this point it is i mean 
it is by choice it's not it is by reality <laughs> no i know it's not like last year when we were 97 percent injured and we were you know the columbus blue monsters but it just and it took stefan mateau if i remember right like a long time to even crack that lineup like we were playing guys like cole sherwood before we were playing guys like stefan mateau so like i just don't know what's going on And perhaps that's why we have a podcast and not. Oh, yeah. This is why neither one of us are employed by anybody <laughs> who cares about us. Like, I don't mean that, like, in real life. I mean that, like, by, like, hockey and, like, our thoughts on hockey. Or do I? Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's just woof. Well, Mateo has played for oh New, New Jersey, Montreal, Vegas, and the Blue Jackets. You had your opportunity to go on your Patrick Reliné rant yesterday or whenever we recorded. This is my time for my Stefan Mateau rant, and I will die on this hill. And you shall let me die on this hill. I suppose I owe you that for you letting me anger the whole of Finland. You did yeah. be doing that, yeah. So I guess you can hate on Stefan Matteau. Stefan Matteau has two shots in five games. Dear Stefan Matteau, if for some reason you're listening to this, you're not. Um, I'm sorry. But Jeremy's not necessarily wrong. I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember you apologizing to Patrick Line if he listens. I did apologize. I apologized to the whole of Finland in is he just episode. Is he just like grouped into that? Yes. Okay. I'll allow that. Fair enough. Rude. Hey, listen, we we all have our vices and mine is Stefan Yours is Yours is just the future of our franchise. Oh so, my God. One of us is going to have to get over it before the other. <laughs> because as previously mentioned, if Stefan Mateau is the future of this franchise, fuck. <laughs> okay, so moving away from both of our hills that we've chosen, um, what would you like to see this Saturday when we take on the Detroit Red Wings? Alexander Texier. You want to see Alexander Texier? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why not? Right. Like I mean, like you're playing Detroit. Like that shouldn't be a ta- Like that shouldn't be a challenge. Like I don't know. Like put him back in. Like let him see what he can do. Like let's like don't make it a situation where it's like Emil Bemstrom, where like he literally could not find his way back on until somebody had a child riley nash had a child or whoever the fuck or whatever the fuck happened like like let's actually like figure that out um but i think like to your point like i think like just developing some consistency i would like to see them win by more than one goal like and i and when i said that to you earlier about like you just gotta win like that's like the the fact of the matter but like the the ethos of it is like 
yeah, I want to see them develop some confidence this weekend so that way they can go into the, the games against Tampa and Florida and feel somewhat competent. How about you, friends? Um, hopefully, I mean, being, I think Elvis will start on Saturday. Um, he, the only reason I think he didn't start today is because he was out sick yesterday. Um, but he was the backup if need be. So that was a good sign. Um, and yeah, just, just consistency, just a little bit of confidence, just believing in themselves fully. That would be great. Um, and, you know, just playing like, playing like they want to from go and not in the nitty gritty of the last few minutes of a period, because if they don't, then we're going to be embarrassed again. So we'll see, but you know, I'll jump on the Texier train to bring him back, bring him back. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that could happen against Detroit link you know, we could live, I mean, we couldn't live, but like if he, if we bring him in and for some reason we get shut out 10 to nothing by Detroit, then that's on all of us, not just on Alexander Texier. So who are you, who would you take out? Just curious. To put Tex in? Yeah. Just wondering. Um, fuck you. <laughs> I would take out Ryan McGinnis. I'm just being a dick. But um, but I don't think Torch is ready to let Alexander... I don't know why I keep saying his full name. I don't think Torch is ready to let Tech center again. So if you take out... McGinnis, he doesn't have to, though. Like I mean, like because it's like... Are you going to rotate Boone back into center? I mean, Boone is a center... Like, I mean, like, Boone's going out, like, winning face-offs. Fuck center. We don't need one. Fuck it. We do. Don't say that. We do. Do we? Because we are playing with none right now. Let's be real. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> like centers, somewhat, somewhat optional. <laughs> it would appear. No, not really. We need centers real fucking bad. But like, and and circling back, I don't. Even, you could put a gun to my head right now, and I could not tell you who centers that line. Ryan McGinnis. You can't tell me. Like, what? I promise that Alexander Texier is a better center in the NHL than Ryan McGinnis. Like, I just know it in my heart of hearts. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm saying that I don't believe that Torts is ready to let him center again. Oh, I agree entirely. I Because you, I'm on the Torts delusion train when it comes to, like, certain players like it's just like he picks them and it's like you <laughs> i mean he's he's just now letting max try and center again correct i think max is one of the players that he looked at and was like you <laughs> yeah let's let's be real but um my final stefan matov tidbit he has 
only played against Carolina this year. <laughs> it's five games to get for the Blue Jackets. They have all been versus Carolina. So I don't know if he's capable of playing any other teams. Maybe we should just sit him out for this one. Oh, maybe when you do drop off your jersey, I'm going to come in behind you and tell them that you want Mateau on it instead that you changed your mind. And with that, everybody, you can check out our uh, Indeed profile. We are looking for a podcast co-host here at Subjectively Speaking. That's not (laughs) nice. You know that I've had a bad evening emotionally. And, well, less emotional, probably. Than physical? Yeah. I mean, we tweeted about it, so I'm just going to, or I tweeted about it. Yeah, you own that one. That was good. I did, I'm trying to be better about my faults. Um, so something <laughs> occurred, listeners, when we walked to our seats today um, that was unexpected by ever, everyone, but especially me. Um, <laughs> so we were... Carrie's <laughs> being an asshole. Oh my um, God. You're funny. I'm like, I, this is comedic gold. Thank you. Um so we were sitting in the upper bowl uh, in row A, which, as you know, is right there up against the little glass. And we were just walking. Everything was fine. <laughs> everything was fine. And my dumbass doesn't realize that there is another step down into our row of seats and basically can best be described as physically threw myself onto a seat and as I've mentioned before I'm not a small person and so I'm a lot of person to have hit herself in her face and in her ribcage um on a cup holder so it was embarrassing Jeremy wasn't a hundred percent sure what had happened to me he just sort of turned around and I was wedged in between the glass and the seats. And yeah, I now have a huge bruise. So Nick Felino and I have matching bruises. Um, yeah, it was terrible. Thankfully, they're just like, well, obviously there's not a ton of people in the arena to begin with, but uh, there weren't a ton of people in our section either at the moment so and I didn't cry so if you've ever listened to this podcast before you should know that I cry a lot typically but I did not cry which is a huge win have you cried yet um no but I probably will when I go to bed because I'll be like I will do a shame cycle absolutely not listener send Laura love um I will say that it is actually kind of a good thing though that you didn't like full send it into like the club section <laughs> like like the more I think about it I'm like it's like really because like I mean like the glass isn't like fall proof right like I mean like it's not super tall and you want to talk about drama <laughs> if I would have looked back and you been gone <laughs> I know last episode we talked about the fact that you would potentially have to tell my mother that I died in Finland. <laughs> I almost had to tell her you died in Colombia. <laughs> oh, 
and she would have she would have truly blamed the whole thing on so many things that were not actually responsible for it but yeah your left contact case who doesn't have that was yeah that was the other thing (laughs) is that I also could only see out of one of my eyes when this was all happening because of my stupid contact basically this is just telling me that I should never be so proud of my eyebrows that I decide to wear contacts to a game and also always assume that there is another step words of wisdom like no other laura and thank god i didn't fall over the balcony and murder a child below with my ness with your what i'm gonna mute you laura talk to talk (laughs) talk to our friends about our social media so yeah follow follow us on social media um we are at subjectively pod on twitter and instagram uh, we are at 184 Twitter followers, which I'm very excited about. We had a little bit of a um, jump in followings this week, so that's been exciting. Um, <laughs> some ones that were more unusual than others, but we won't talk about that because it'll make it weird. Um, so, <laughs> but we are nonetheless excited and always happy to interact um, with all of you. Instagram getting there slowly but surely um did post a picture today of the um from our seats after I fell on my face um but so yeah so follow us interact and then rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on uh again it'll really you know what would really make my bruise feel better and my dignity is is um 15 15 rates on apple podcast really just like any more star rates if you want to put us up to 12 that would be awesome and much appreciated but you know that it would be my bruise that's fine or my pride hey i'd be like that sometimes well the one way that you could definitely make yourself feel better is by joining our betting league on Vigit. Yeah. You could definitely do that, and that would make you feel better. I posted a tweet today with instructions as to how to join um, our betting league. So you're going to want to sign up for an account on, on Vigit, um, and you're going to uh, sign up with the promo code SUBJECTIVELYPOD, all caps, uh, spelled the way we spell it. You, you know if you're here through it all you know um and then you'll be able to start making uh risk-free like money-free bets on on events i did bet on the blue jackets to win tonight so i did lose 100 uh vigit coins um but you know what i did i did pick the pittsburgh penguins to beat the buffalo sabers because i like easy money that was that easy no money but easy money you get what i'm saying um, so sign up for Vigit today. Use promo code SubjectivelyPod. Hang out with us in our in our betting league and win some prizes, and it'll be a good time. But until you get the chance to do that, we will see you all for a matinee game Saturday. The Jackets take on Detroit at three. We'll come with our thoughts and feelings afterward. But until then, stay well, take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you soon. Bye.